Hello and welcome to the Turned On Podcast. I'm Angelique Nori and my husband David and I have made it our mission to break the darkness by flipping the switch on the four most important areas of your life in health, relationships, business, and in faith. And sometimes the light in the world and in your life can go dim, either from the intrusion of technology or simply because society is so driven by instant gratification. It's our mission to help people see that we're hardwired for connection and that the best things in life come when we turn on the light to see with new eyes the opportunity that exists just a flip away. So if you're ready to stir your spirit, open your eyes, and profit in all areas of your life, then let's get turned on. Here we go. Welcome back to the Turned On Podcast. As always, I'm Angelique Nori, and usually to my left or to my right is my husband, David Nori, who you all know has a million things going on as well as myself, but we are tag teaming this week because we have a baby. And for our listeners, we know that babies are a full-time job, but we are so blessed to have brought Noah into the world, even in this stage of our life. And What's really interesting is we're able to sit down today and talk with a very special guest. Her name is Dr. Heather Regan, and she is a Chinese uh, medicine doctor, functional medicine, integrated medicine. She's been practicing for over a decade. She's now out in Sacramento, California after practicing all over the country, but she specializes in fertility. And I know that happens to be sort of a hot topic these days. And we're going to uncover the reasons why so many people are discovering that they have a hard time with fertility. So doctor, thank you so much for joining us. As always, we are so grateful to have you here and to spend some time. But like we ask all of our guests, my question to you, what was your turned on moment? Thank you for having me. I am honored to be here and part of this podcast as well. Um, I would say my turned on moment would be early on in my career when I was treating one of my first fertility patients ever. Um, She had been struggling for six plus years trying to get pregnant, had tried everything under the sun to get pregnant, hundreds and thousands of dollars in debt going through IVF treatments. Mm. Um, and just it was just such an emotional roller coaster with her. And we became very, very close. And um, we worked with her, or I worked with her for about six months. She was my first fertility case about 10 years ago. Um, and then we got her pregnant and I treated her through her whole pregnancy. And then I went to her home birth and I saw the whole experience and it was just extremely Mm. emotional and I just, I was hooked from then on out. So I just dug deep into studying reproductive endocrinology and integrative fertility through functional medicine and Chinese medicine. And I was like, I'm going to get everybody pregnant. And it just became (laughs) like this, this thing for me. And I just fell in love with it. And so every time I help a woman get pregnant through all of these crazy things that they've tried to do to get pregnant it's just when I get to meet the baby on the other end it's just like all the lights all the feels all the everything I'm just like I'm hooked it's beautiful that is so cool and I'm you know I'm just curious like so you weren't in fertility at the time she was your first 
fertility patient. What kind of medicine were you practicing at the time that um, you were working with her? Um, I was just had a more of a general practice. So right out of grad school, I always wanted to do a specialize in reproductive endocrinology and treat fertility cases, but I just opened my practice in Nashville, Tennessee um, over 10 years prior. And I was just getting more of a general general um, medicine practice. So I was treating all kinds of different syndromes. Uh, but then, I mean, it came within the first year of practice. And so I was just like, this, this is it. This is, yeah. this is my calling. I want to do it. I want to, yeah. I was Something in love. makes you feel alive every day, just creating life like that. What an amazing, rewarding experience to be able to carry through on your career. Um, you know, I do have a question about, you know, you said hundreds of thousands of dollars, IVF therapies, all of these different measures to get pregnant. And um, I'm literally no stranger to this story because I, we know a lot of people and so many people that are struggling um, with fertility. And I, and I question, like I, my mind always questions, what's going on, you know, that is creating this smorgasbord of problems that have caused us to not be able to have children, to not be able to be fruitful and multiply, to not procreate um, with ease. So after she had gone through all of that, and you know, you started to kind of uncover some things, and in, in in our terms, turn the lights on. What did you notice that you know conventional medicine couldn't do, unless you know you went crazy measures? Like, what did you notice that you could do differently to help this woman get to the other side? In it's such a, a mental, emotional um, component to fertility as well. So with Chinese medicine, we can help so much with the stress aspect because we hear society is just different now. I mean, we've gone down a whole different road of just women are waiting later to conceive in life. They're very career driven. Um, most of my patients are over 37, I would say, mm -hmm. which we see a giant decline in egg quality um, and even male factors from quality goes down uh, once we hit a certain age. And so just that factor is a big, is a big thing um, as far as egg quality, but stress and epigenetics, the way that our body, the environment, the foods that we eat, the body products we put on our systems affects our gene expression and damages our DNA. And so there's, yeah, there's so much. There's hormone imbalances, anatomical reasons, male factor is a big issue that we don't address a lot now. Um, but PCOS, uh, thyroid dysfunction, subclinical autoimmune issues, uh, there's, there's so many reasons why fertility has um, has declined and uh, live birth rates have declined dramatically in all first world countries by mm. a lot. It's we're looking at like a one in six, one in six couples um, battle with infertility. So, wow, one in six, like that's yeah, that's an astronomically high number considering. Like you think about, you know, my parents' generation, even our grandparents' generation where, you know, there was like 10 kids in the family, you know, they just, people just reproduced uh, without issue. And as you think, as we evolve, right, as a society, that some of these things with more medical intervention would get easier. And it, it doesn't. It seems like the more that that's evolved, the more we've declined um, in our health. And I look at that when it comes to, you know, cancer as well, like all this money being pushed into 
um, the treatment. I'm like, well, what about the prevention? Like, why aren't we paying attention to what's causing it rather than how we treat it? Even though I know and understand that losing both my parents to, to cancer, how important it is to have, you know, treatment options. But what if we had could have prevented it in the first place? What were some of the other things that we could have done naturally that we didn't take in terms of a route? And it just, my, my mind really gets very stirred up and my belly and the fire inside of me gets ignited because this is a very important topic um, to me just in terms of functional health and integrated health because I've been through the gamut of my own issues in the last couple of years that I was able to resolve. But one thing that we've never had a hard time was with getting pregnant. I mean, all three of our children was like the first try. And um, I say that with so much compassion to our listeners, because I know that that's not the case for a lot of people that we know and love. And so my heart is is broken and breaking for that population of people. Um, so my question to you is like, in, in my instance, like what would you say is working and firing? Even like if I was going through my own health issues and my gut healing, how is it that someone like me was able to get pregnant easily? And even at the, like, I'm 42 now, I just had my third child and, um, you know, she's in, she's in perfect health. My husband's 47, you know, like we were able to, to do that at a latent stage of our life considering, you know, reproductive hormones, but what would you say clicks for people like us? And what would you say? Well, that's a two part question. Let's, let's start with that one. Like, what would you say clicks for people like us that, besides being blessed, um, what would you say click scientifically? You mean to get pregnant at a later yeah. age? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, well, physiologically, your ovarian reserve had to be plentiful. So that is a genetic component. But that's also an epigenetic, epigenetic component. So hereditary-wise, what, how your mom was taking care of herself when she was pregnant, because she's as she's pregnant with you, she's literally carrying your eggs as well so wow. so i mean it just it passes down so you as you were carrying your daughter you're also carrying your grandchildren if you look at it that way That's so incredible there's a huge genetic component um from our mother grandmothers and so on um but the epigenetic component as well as you've taken care of your body as well so whatever um eggs oocytes you have left in your body you have taken really good care of them so your quality i'm sure did not decline um as quickly as someone that is highly susceptible to environmental toxins and higher stress levels and um, hormonal imbalances due to all of these things so so I would say that there's a genetic and an epigenetic component that you had in your favor to conceive at a later age. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. So going to the other side of the spectrum then. So Dr. Regan, we have a lot of people, you know, that are struggling that listen to our show. Now, whether they've gone through IVF already or they're just trying to figure out why they're having such a hard time what would you say when you have patients come to your clinic, because obviously this is your specialty, whether they've gone through all of the IVF and the conventional means, or they're just in a place where they're ready to get pregnant and they've, they just simply haven't had the easiest time with it. What would you say are the top three things that you're looking for um, from them and that you would address so they could start you know, on their road to fertility? Sure, that's a great question. Uh, number one thing I would say is just take a step back, give your body 90 days to 
increase your egg quality, to increase your sperm quality, to increase the endometrial receptivity in your uterus, to lower inflammation, just to really focus on increasing egg quality. Because if that is like tip top shape, if your egg quality is really, really strong, you are going to have a much, much higher chance to conceive with IVF, with IUI, natural conception, with any way. So the, the, um, the life cycle of an egg is 90 days. So that's why I say take three months to really focus on building up your egg quality. Uh, sperm quality is 30 days. So for a male, if it's a male factor issue, 30 days to do everything you can, throw it in and just get the sperm and egg quality as healthy as possible. So by doing that, I would focus on doing like a liver and gut detox first, like a three week detox, um, work on your diet, uh, definitely um, cleaning out all of the xenoestrogen, so all of the estrogen um, disruptors in your system, meaning like all BPA cleaning products, air fresheners, I mean, just clean out your whole house and environment and make everything natural, natural makeup products, natural cleaning products, um, natural shampoos, conditioners, pesticides, all of these things that can uh, disrupt our, our um are hormone imbalances. So clean everything out, work on your diet, work on decreasing inflammation, um, and definitely work on stress relief. So uh, whether that is exercising, meditation, journaling, visualization exercises, yoga, um, vision boards, whatever it is to um, work on the mental aspect of it, because there is such a powerful brain, heart, uterus connection that, I mean, epigenetics in general can be affected just by mindset alone. So mindset is a huge part of it. We can talk science and physiology all day, but you have to get your mindset right as well and just be ready for it. Um, Anything else I would say, uh, continue basal body temperature charting. I know it's a pain in the butt and not a lot of people like to do it, but it tells us so much information. So if you were to take that to a specialist, instead of if you don't have the money or you don't have the insurance or whatever it is to get some basic um, endocrine um, lab testing done, then you can take everything, you can find out everything from your basal body temperature chart. So you can wow. really get a good idea of what's going on hormonally just by taking your temperature every morning, same time, chart your temperature. Um, that tells a specialist like me a whole lot of information. That is so interesting. Um, yeah, you can, I mean, you really can tell so much. So that's- stop you there for a second. Yeah. Because- um, a couple of things. One, you know, I, David and I are, you know, hell bent on making sure that we're in a toxin free home. And we, from everything from our cleaning products to the makeup I put on my face to um, obviously the foods that we eat, you know, maintaining like healthy, you know, daily kind of detoxifying lifestyle. Um, and I would say that that probably contributed a lot to, you know, our ability to conceive. Um, I never quite thought of the visualization aspect. I think that's really important as well. I mean, we talk about visualization and vision boards and stuff for our business, but we never really thought about 
what that would mean when it comes to conceiving a child. So what a really cool piece. But can tell me a little bit more about the, before we go on to the next piece, like the basal um, temperature. So same yeah. temperature every, same time every single morning, take your temperature. Where do they aim for? Like, what are they aiming for with their temperature? Because like you're saying, this is almost in lieu of going to have all of the other testing done, correct? Like this yeah. is in lieu of checking your hormones and the whole nine yards. Yeah. So you just take that temperature. How many, like for how long? Yep. So you don't need to take your temperature through your actual bleed. Um, start your temperature the day after your bleed stops. Just um, during the temp during your bleed, your temperature is going to be all over the place, and it's not going to tell us much information. Um, but start taking your temperature every morning with a specific basal body temperature uh, thermometer. You can just keep it at your bedside, wake up, set your alarm, or just. You don't need to make it so stressful. Whenever, whatever time you wake up in the morning, roll over to your bedside, take your temperature sublingually, chart it in like some type of flow app or some type of app on your phone. Um, and then that's going to give us an idea of what's happening in that early follicular phase. So um, right after you finish bleeding up to ovulation. So let's say the temperatures are very high. When I mean very high, I mean over 97.2 in that early phase. So you want your temperatures to be around 97.2. So if they're higher, that's going to give us an indication that most likely your estrogen levels are higher. Um, so you could have an estrogen dominance um, hormonal imbalance. Uh, it could tell us which can make you ovulate too early, uh, which means your follicles not going to be ready to actually um, uh, be ready to uh, uh, to conceive, to fertilize. Um, it could tell us that your FSH levels, your follicle stimulating hormone is too elevated, which is a really big indication for poor ovarian reserve uh, and poor ovarian quality. Um, and so it will also tell us if you ovulated and when you did, your temperatures are going to spike up in that luteal phase. And that gives us an indication that your progesterone levels are naturally starting to rise and you want your temperatures to be up around 98.5 degrees uh, and you want them to stay as high as they can above 98.5 and stay continuously high because that shows us that your progesterone levels are uh, high enough and level enough to sustain a pregnancy. So, so if you did not ovulate, you're not going to have a spike up after ovulation um, because your, your progesterone levels will not rise unless you ovulated. So it's a good indication to tell us if you ovulated. Um, and if you did, your progesterone levels will stay above that 98.5. And we can detect an early miscarriage, like a chemical pregnancy, basically. Wow. If your temperatures start to drop a little bit, that shows us that your progesterone levels are dropping and that your bleed is about to start or they're just not high enough to sustain um, through that luteal phase. So oh, it's what as we- Fascinating. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. It's, it's like just from a body yeah, it tells us a lot. Tell, that's amazing. Um, quickly, you just, I have a question about that. Just from you know, I'm 42 now. I just had my third child. I do not plan on having any more. That is a de declaration. <laughs> um, but I will say, would taking my temperature now um, to get a basal marker like that would that be able to tell me what's going on hormonally in general, like not just fertility, but like 
you know, my thyroid. Is my thyroid functioning properly? Is my, are my estrogens dominant or are my progesterones non-existent? Like, am I able to tell more even now when I'm not trying to conceive what that temperature says? It was going to focus more on reproductive sex hormones. We won't be able to tell other endocrine hormones like cortisol or any adrenal hormones or thyroid hormones or anything like that. It's mostly estrogen, FSH, LH, progesterone, um, just those four basic hormones, not even prolactin or testosterone, but just those four basic ones. But you can cycle chart as far as if you don't want to get pregnant again, you'll be able to tell you know, when you're ovulating and what days you should avoid that. So interesting. you can also use it for not trying to get pregnant. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Study up on that one. <laughs> um, okay. So we talked about reducing stress, getting your eggs right for the, you know, the next 90 days, focusing on making sure the egg health is there, um, non-toxins in your home. Is there anything that they should be doing in terms of um, foods? Like, is there certain yes. foods that help um, with fertility? Yes, absolutely. I would say my go-to fertility foods are homemade bone broth. It's incredible for egg quality. So get a really good recipe to make your own homemade bone broth. You can use chicken uh, bones, carcass, beef carcass, or you can use fish bones as well. Um, Dark green leafy veggies, berries of all kinds, because you want high levels of antioxidants and high polyphenols, which is really good for um, egg and sperm quality. Um, fatty fish, lots of good, high-quality fat. So salmon, avocados, nuts, um, anything that raw fermented dairy. Mm-hmm. Uh, no low-fat, no, no non-fat anything. We want lots of good, healthy fats. Um, organic cage-free eggs, uh, really good for blood building, really good to help build up that um, endometrial lining. Uh, green tea, tons of antioxidants in green tea. I say one cup of green tea a day. Um, Lots of spices, turmeric, garlic, ginger, um, very good for anti-inflammatory purposes. So if there is any autoimmune reactions going on during implantation, um, lots of anti-inflammatory spices. Uh, Fermented veggies, anything fermented is so good for gut health. And like you said earlier, we need to build up our gut health because that's where this whole leaky gut intestinal permeability can cause these autoimmune reactions. And those autoimmune reactions can um, disturb implantation dramatically because it is such an autoimmune reaction during mm. implantation because an embryo is a foreign antigen coming into our body and it, yeah. our body's already going to build up these antibodies to fight this, this antigen, this embryo, this foreign DNA from the sperm. Uh, for implantation. So we need to make sure our our inflammatory processes, our our immune system is as healthy as it can be. Um, and And nuts, almonds, Brazil nuts, great, high in selenium, wonderful for thyroid issues if there is any thyroid issues that are causing you to be uh, infertile as well because I always do a full in-depth thyroid panel on my patients because that's so important. Yes. Um, Yeah, so those are my go-to foods. You can even do foods for your basal body temperature chart. So if you see your temperatures are high in that follicular phase, you want to do some cooling foods, and you also want to do some blood-building foods to help with the blood lining. So lots of iron-rich foods, green leafy veggies, all organic meats, 
um, hormone-free meat. Um, and then you can do in that, that luteal phase, you can do lots of warming foods to help with that, what we call yang chi progesterone building foods there. Um, but I, a big no-no, no gluten, no soy, no low-fat diets, uh, low sugar, cut out all processed foods, limit caffeine, limit alcohol, um, and just really work on healing your gut and bringing your body lots and lots of healthy fats and healthy nutrients. Those are my, those are my big diet tips, I would say. I want to go and touch on leaky gut because um, yeah. I, I experienced this. This was what I was healing in the process. And then we got pregnant, which was, a, you know, a, a blessing, miracle, surprise. <laughs> um, yes. but I, I had a severe, severe case of leaky gut on top of that SIBO, which then caused histamine intolerances. And I mean, I, my body would behave like it got stung by a bee when I ate a banana, like the yes. most random things. Um, and then it also caused a lot of an autoimmune uh, reactions in my body that mimicked things like MS or Lyme disease and very neurological yeah. in nature. Scary, 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 scary. And um, I get asked all the time what I did. And I was like, well, I have to urge you, you know, you need to look to test to make sure you know what you're eating every day isn't causing you more inflammation or toxicity. Um, we need to see if that's leaking into your bloodstream. So the food sensitivity testing is important, heavy metals, organics, acids, all that stuff. But what do you do, doctor? Like when you see someone that you suspect has leaky gut, what are some of the things that you do immediately? Because I'm seeing a huge tie in this now and it's starting to like turn the lights on for me because there's a lot of people that I know that are trying to get pregnant that are having major issues with their gut right now. And that tells me there is a serious link here. So if we can help them solve that and then do these things, then we'll finish it off by talking about what you also do personally that you would urge them to do in their area. So let's touch on leaky gut for a second. Yeah. Um, leaky the... gut, any GI issue. Oh, sorry. Yes. No, please, please. Oh no, you go ahead. What were you going to say? I was going to say, <laughs> so what sorry. would you do if you had, you know, someone coming in your office and you suspect leaky gut and you want to get that gut healed? Like what's the first thing um, that you have them do? Because I think that's sort of the million dollar question I get all the time is like, what are the things that you recommend? I'm like, ah, there's so many different angles that I can't, you know, speak on, but I'm sure there's some basic general information to help people maintain um, a healthy gut and even seal up where there may have been some damage. Yes. I, I mean, leaky gut is kind of the, the whole precursor to uh, hormonal imbalances, thyroid issues, all endocrine issues. We want to heal that leaky gut first and foremost. So I would, first and foremost, I take them off of gluten because gluten, I mean, releases zonulin from the system, this enzyme that increases intestinal permeability. So no gluten right away, take that off, huge no-no. Um, no soy as well, um, I, like I, you had as well. I would do a food intolerance test just to see what they are having inflammatory reactions to. Um, so definitely take that, um, take them off of all of that. Uh, as far as supplement wise, I always put them on L-glutamine, slippery elm, marshmallow root, um, all aloe vera, all of these good things that help build up the mucosal lining in the gut. Um, 
hydrochloronic acid is very good for that as well. Anything that we can help focus on on sealing up the gut lining so you don't have that the permeability where toxins are leaked out and attacking the um, your immune cells. Um, but collagen? those are, I just want to ask like very good. collagen. Okay, because yeah. I specifically use a collagen that is. Uh, it's it has seven patents in it. It's collagen hyaluronic acid matrix that yep. only they have. So I think that's, you know, I, you just hit on those two right there. And I was like, okay, wait, that might have been really helpful in my journey as well. But I did. I L-glutamine was one, aloe vera, and then the collagen HCA. Slippery almond marshmallow I have not done. But um, I'm yep. just like hanging on every word right now because yeah. it's so, so good. important. So good. I would also add in quercetin. Um, yes, and that too. <laughs> oh, good. Wonderful. Very good for lowering histamine response and to help seal up that gut lining as well. Uh, zinc is very good. It's a very basic mineral, but we need it. We yes. need a lot of it. And Especially so now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, those are the basic supplements I would start them out with um, just at just to bring them back and then also heal. Um, obviously a good probiotic. Um, probiotics are tough though, especially yeah. someone that like yourself who have suffered from SIBO. You can't just take every probiotic under the sun. I mean, yeah. our body has different receptor <laughs> sites. Yeah. yeah. So it's, you have to be very careful with taking a probiotic. You want to start out in very small amounts to see if your body has any reaction to it. Um, but also uh, increase a lot of fermented foods if you do not have SIBO. If you have SIBO, I would avoid um, fermented I foods. I had to get away from it for a, yeah. a long time. I don't know. I could probably retest my SIBO to see if I can bring it back in. But um, I like cert like kombucha. I used to drink kombucha like it was my job. And I had to yeah. stop kombucha because of my SIBO. Is SIBO, just correct me if I'm wrong, um, aren't soil-based probiotics pretty good for SIBO typically? I would, I would agree, definitely. You, uh, soil-based, like spore biotics, are are probably the best for SIBO. Um, there are a couple of prebiotics that are good for, and it depends on what type of SIBO you have. If you have hydrogen dominant SIBO or if you have methane dominant SIBO, you treat them totally differently. So, um, both of them were high. One, mine were both high, but I think okay, I, think I was higher on the hydrogen. Okay. So if you were higher on the hydrogen, then I, it's definitely more important to stay away from the fermented foods and stay away from uh, fiber as well. But if you have methane dominant SIBO, it's actually important to increase your fiber just because there's so much uh, constipation with methane uh, type SIBO that it's just fermenting more in your large intestine versus your small intestine. Um, and it depends on whether the methane gets um, increased as you, as the hours go on doing the, the lactulose breath test. But, um, mm. yeah, so it, it's, it's very, it's very dependent on those, but the probiotics you have to be pretty careful with. You can't just do a bunch of digestive enzymes and probiotics and think that you're going to be okay. Cause you could make things a lot worse. So I would say the safest, um, probiotics would be soil based. Yeah. Cause since they're already living. So that's good. Dirt-based probiotics. Yeah, because I know people. That's that's the thing. Like, oh, I just I take a probiotic, but yeah, but is your probiotic making things worse for you? So, you know, to our listeners out there, I want you to pay really close attention to what she just shared. Um, sealing up your gut is critical, not only for your health and your immune system, but for fertility. 
And she just shared um, several different things that I often put on my own immune protocol when people ask me like what I do for my immune protocol. Most of what you shared besides slippery and um, marshmallow is everything that I take almost daily. So um, I, that kind of, I give myself a little pat on the back for that because <laughs> I feel like I've done my research and you're confirming it. Um, but what is so important to me that I'm hearing and hanging on every word is, you know, our gut health and our immune system is so critical to everything. And people think that when they have digestive issues that they're just, it's like, oh, I just had too much fiber or, you know, I just need to change my diet. No, like there's something serious going on that could be a precursor to severe issues later on down the road, like autoimmune conditions, like I experienced, like infertility, like so many people that she sees. So your gut, I mean, what would you say is in terms of, um, our immune system, because it's so much of it is in our gut. What would you say, is that the primary thing that you're looking for most of the time when it comes to patients coming in, not just for fertility, but just medicine in general? It's probably the first thing that I will work on cleaning yeah. up yeah. and and healing before, whether it's hormone imbalances, sleep issues, um, adrenal insufficiency, migraines. I mean, a gamut of different things, even pain. Like there's yeah. so many things that stem from it. So it's, it's definitely a big, it's a big, it's a big precursor that I focus on, on healing first for sure. Yeah. Um, and is there anything that you would tell people to stay away from um, with gut issues that you're looking to, to heal? I would say, I mean, all the big GMO overprocessed stuff like soy, corn, uh, gluten, um, definitely uh, all these overprocessed like mm -hmm. uh, food groups that we have, lots of fortified stuff, all processed foods. I would just stay away from all of that. All of that kind of thins the lining of our intestines and causes this this immune reaction like you were talking about. So, But gluten, I would say, is number one, stay away from. What just about, because it, yeah, go ahead. Oh no, please continue. Oh, I was just saying, just because it it releases that enzyme in our body called zonulin, and that's what really thins our uh, intestinal permeability. So that's that's there's real evidence of what happens when we intake gluten in our in our gut. So, is there any um, ingredients that you're finding to be common practice these days in whether it's supplementation or you know, just foods in general that you're seeing over and over and over again that might have, like I've heard polysorbate 80 was a big no-no and it's causing, you know, could be causing infertility. Um, are there others that just kind of are huge red flags for you that you're like, stay away from absolutely 100% do not intake anything that has this on the label? And as far as fertility, For, yeah. I would say mm -hmm. any, I would say the number one thing that sticks out to me is BPA. Yes. All plastics, which are found in, I mean, everything, canned foods, everything that we wrap our foods in, water bottles. I mean, just plastic, plastic is everywhere. And I would say there's so much scientific-based research out there on how BPA damages um, egg quality, sperm quality, causes DNA fragmentation, um, causes all kinds of negative epigenetic changes to our DNA. So I would mm -hmm. say BPA, plastic, just phthalates, parabens, clean them out. Just 
get it out of your system. But yeah, BPA is probably my number one that I say stop drinking out of plastic. Stop, get rid of your plastic Tupperware, switch to glass, stainless steel, whatever it is. Um, but yes, no, I would say that would probably be number one. But there's so many environmental toxins out there. Wow. It's just sad. You know, you think about you almost feel like, like, where are we safe? You know, where are we safe? We're surrounded by so many things that are disrupting hormones, disrupting our lifestyle, disrupting our immune system, um, disrupt, disrupting our mental health. And every single one of them you've touched on. And it's no wonder that it's become a growing, growing problem, um, an epidemic, really, of infertility. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. Yeah. That's really, that's, I mean, it's, it's fascinating in one sense, but it's so unfortunate, um, that, you know, because we are totally inundated with these things on a daily basis. Um, what would you say that people can safely do each day from not just removing these things, but cleansing their bodies um, to help, you know, rid their bodies of, of anything that could be lingering and causing these issues? Is there anything that you suggest there? Yeah, as far as like a cleanse or a detox, I yeah. would focus heavy on metals, anything like that. definitely heavy metals, but focus on cleansing your liver, your gut, your lymphatic system, and your skin and kidneys. Those are those are the big um, those are the big systems I would work or big organ systems that I would work on clearing out. So all of our liver, I mean, that's where we process all of our excess hormones. So that's probably the first thing I would cleanse is working on cleansing the liver and cleansing the gut because all of those toxins are going to get flushed out through the gut anyway. So definitely do a liver and gut cleanse. Um, exercise more, sweat more, get your toxins out, drink a ton of water. Um, anything that you can do just to cleanse all of these like heavy metals, all of these toxins that we're trying to process through our system. They're just sitting in our liver, sitting in our gut, sitting um, just in our, in our lymphatic system. We want to flush everything out. So focus on doing, I would say, a 10 to 21 day cleanse where you're just eating super, super clean and drinking a ton of water and exercising and sweating and getting everything out before you start tonifying, before you start taking all these great supplements to help with egg quality and uh, immune system support and gut support and uh, sperm quality support. Before you start taking all of these wonderful stuff, let's clear everything out anyways, because we're not going to get the full benefit of all these fancy supplements and herbs and everything else if we're just sitting in a bunch Piling of toxins. On. Yeah. Yeah. So we want to clear everything out first. So I would, that would be my first step in this 90 day, uh, this 90 day period of, of healing egg quality and sperm quality would be detoxing first. And finally, since like these are all things that they can kind of do on their own, finally, like where do you come in the picture? Um, and even if they aren't in your area, where, where would you send people to go? Because you, you do kind of the gamut of functional integrated Chinese medicine. So um, what would be their focus if you were them, you know, taking on this, in, this challenge, if you will, of infertility and doing everything on their own to come see you? What is it that you do that um, is so unique that perhaps that they can seek you out for? 
Sure. Um, well, I have my in-clinic practice is in Sacramento, California, and I do acupuncture there, which helps tremendously with fertility as well. Um, and Chinese medicine and functional medicine, I do all the lab testing in-house there at my clinic. But if you are not in the Northern California area, um, I treat patients virtually through um, through Zoom, through my website, thenaturalfertilitydoctor.com. And I see patients that have gone through everything, five, six, seven, eight, ten years of trying to get pregnant, you know, five miscarriages, five IVF transfer failures, so many IUIs. I mean, just the gamut of everything. Um, so I take a very holistic, full body, out of the box approach where we look at everything in your entire lifestyle, environment, health history, fertility history, male and uh, female partner. Like mm. We just take a very in-depth look. Uh, we do basal body temperature reading. We do all kinds of stuff, lots of lab testing, stuff that you haven't done, but we dig deep into actually discovering the root cause of what's going on versus like Western medicine, allopathic medicine, kind of they symptom treat. And so we want to actually figure out what is going on and how, what is the root cause? Why is, you know, why is each thing happening? And so it's, it's pretty in depth. We, we dive pretty deep and um, I'm very fortunate to help women all over the country conceive and virtually and in my clinics in Nashville and St. Petersburg and Sacramento. But yeah, virtually we can do a lot. We don't need to do acupuncture to help you guys get pregnant. And yeah, there's so much, there's so much that we can do that I'm sure your listeners have tried everything and those are the types of patients that I deal with. A lot of patients that have unexplained infertility, well, let's find out why it's unexplained. Is it an autoimmune condition? Is it, what is it? What's going on? Let's dive deeper into the male factor, DNA fragmentation issue. Let's do some genetic testing. We can, yeah, we do the gamut of everything. Um, how many children, how many babies have you technically brought to this world through? Oh, gosh, hundreds and hundreds. Yeah, lots. I haven't hit the thousand mark yet, but but definitely hundreds. And so that's got to be so rewarding. Yeah. So it's amazing. Yeah. So many families are so grateful for you. And I I assure you that there's listeners right now that are already excited about different things that they can start doing immediately um, to get on this road to fertility. Um, Yeah. I'm sure that they can... um, I would be sure that they're going to reach out also. Did you say the, say the name of your website again? Sure. It's thenaturalfertilitydoctor.com. Okay. And then um, I have Facebook and Instagram as well under the natural fertility doctor and doctor is a DR. Okay. And the so, natural, yeah. The natural fertility doctor.com. And we'll put that in the show notes as well, but awesome, man, I am so grateful um, just to, hear from you and listen to you and learn from you because um, this is, even though it wasn't something that we personally dealt with, my heart just breaks all the time for so many people that we talk to that are dealing with this. And um, I know I can think off the top of my head, at least a dozen that I'm going to send this episode directly to them because I feel like it can be so helpful. So oh, wonderful. You so much. Yes, you're so welcome. There's so much we didn't cover. I have oh. I have this whole gamut of notes that we didn't cover, but I am I'm so glad that it came out the way that it did and I am 
yeah, I'm honored to be a part of your show. It was amazing, and it was an honor to meet you and your beautiful dog. <laughs> he's got a sweater on right now because he got shaved <laughs> down to the skin today. What, um, just out of curiosity, so that we know we can bring you on again for what were some yeah. of the things that you wanted to cover that we can talk about later on? Oh, I was just going to dive deep into male factor infertility and Ooh, what a we gotta massively large issue that is. And just, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big issue and uh, that, and I was just thinking, oh, just different syndromes, fertility syndromes, different supplements, different herbs, different everything we can hit to help with um, uh, hormone imbalance, egg quality, thyroid issues. Yeah, there's just a, there's a whole bunch, but we covered a lot. Yeah. We're going to have to do another show. Oh. <laughs> we're going to have to do a, like a part three series. We're gonna, this is like part one of Dr. Heather Regan, and we'll talk about um, the male factor on another one and then all the other things that you just mentioned on another one. So I think that it's definitely going to be worth bringing you back for uh, because awesome. there, I think there's so much here. And this was, you know, that's one of the things that we, in, with Turned On, we always want to keep it as simple as possible at first. And yeah. We always talk about how when you turn on a light switch, what's the, the easiest thing you can do is flip a switch, right? Turning on a light is flipping a switch. So that switch for, for me meant, you know, just looking at this lens through the eyes of other people, like what would be the first thing that I would want to do, you know? And, and so you covered that so beautifully and it hits home even with um, someone like myself that struggled so much with gut issues that caused autoimmune conditions, which if I had not addressed that, I'm sure Noah wouldn't be here, my youngest. So it's really such a, a beautiful web, you know, to see come together. And I know it's going to hit home for a lot of people, whether they are trying or not, um, because I know a lot of people follow us that know my journey through my gut healing as well. So this is, this is definitely awesome. going to serve a large audience. Um, but we'd love to have you back and, and share the other things that you just mentioned, because I think it's vitally important. Yes. Wonderful. But, but I just wanted to say thank you so much for, for joining us and sharing your expertise and your heart. You can see that you're just so passionate about this and um, the fact that you're nearing a, a thousand babies that can thank you um, for being here is a true testament to someone who's working in their gifts. So thank you for sharing them with the rest of the world. Aw, thank you so much. I'm so appreciative of you and you starting this podcast and getting your your love and passion out there too. It's amazing. So thank you so much. I'm honored to be a part of your show and hope to meet some of your listeners um, someday. Yes. So reaching out to the naturalfertilitydoctor.com or on Instagram and Facebook, Dr. Heather Regan. And I'm sure that she would love to hear from some of these listeners. So thank you so much again to listeners. Yeah. We hope this turned you on. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much.